Welcome to this week's episode of the Talkie Taka podcast. This week, Arsenal gun down the Reds, the City keep flying. Spurs keep entertaining without really doing much. Can the kids lead United out of despair? And the Undertaker came for Ronaldo in Saudi, but is the Undertaker Undertaker's death knell sounding for Pochettino? Is it sounding for how? All this and more in this week's episode of Talkie Taka podcast. All right, lads. Welcome back. Uh, we have three of us on the episode today. We have Ashwin and RK. Uh, Ashwin, let's start with you. It's been a good week for you, United boys. Let's start with you, Ashwin. What is your talkie moment of the week? Yeah, it's been a it's been a, a good week. Long may it last. Uh, I know we'll discuss about United a little bo- a bit more later, but I think. My talkie moment of the week, and it's probably a bit left field because it's not the league that we watch. But as per Cristiano Ronaldo, it's watched more than the French league. Uh, so the Undertaker uh, meeting and greeting uh, uh, the probably the greatest player alive and the greatest wrestler alive uh, meet each other, and I think it was just one of those um, very commercial kind of moments where you know um, WWE meets football. But I think for all the 90s kids who have grown up watching The Undertaker and, dare I say, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, it's uh, it was like this proper fanboy moment. Uh, I mean, no one cares about the football. They all care about the glitter and the money in the Saudi. Uh, but I think it was just a really uh, fun moment to watch. It was just the weirdest thing to see. I mean, I just didn't understand how these situations and people were in the same place but 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 he actually lifted that cup up like he used to do the urn that Paul Bearer uh, holds so yeah pretty pretty interesting but I'm actually I'm being kind it was just very very weird uh, but yeah that was interesting enough for a football fan all right coming to you RK how was your week and what's your talking moment of the week hey guys uh, the funniest thing about Ashwin's uh you know, talking moment was that he called Undertaker the best wrestler in the world. God, please, all the Olympic medals don't, you know, don't put that to shame. But, best, you know, coming... WWE wrestler of all time. So, anyway, coming to my talking moment, I think it's been a week for United uh, kids to uh, basically remember the original kids. So, in the week of Busby Babes, it was really heartening to see Kobe Mainu uh, take the 95th minute winner. But that doesn't uh, get my talking moment of the week. That's Garnacho's uh, first goal against West Ham where he wanted to mimic the Cristiano celebration. But then ends up being joined by Hoylun and Mainu on the, uh, you know, on the sideboards. And I think that's going to be one of the living, uh, you know, abiding images from the season for United, whatever happens. It, it's... Uh, in a very sad season, it's uh, it's it's really encouraging to see three such uh, kids, very similar age group, uh, you know, who are looking very promising and end up celebrating together. So hopefully that's a good sign. Although, of course, I don't want to jinx right now, so I'll keep that for the end. We'll get some jinxes out in time, I'm sure. Um, wasn't a great week for Liverpool. It was one of those weeks that we've had very few of such weeks. Over the last six, seven years or eight years under Klopp, nine years. But uh, this was one of those weeks that you just have to write off. Everything went wrong. So, my talking moment is not from the Liverpool game. Uh, I'm actually going 
um, the other side of town, uh, the Everton game, uh, pretty interesting and uh, joyous return to Goodison uh, to to Everton for uh, uh, for Richarlison, two superb goals, very well taken. He seems to be in hot form. It was just, it was maybe towards the end of last season where we were all mocking him for like not getting any returns and doing the duck celebration and then it getting ruled out and everybody was having a laugh at him. But uh, no son and obviously they've lost Kane and Richarlison has really stepped up for Spurs uh, when they needed him too. Um, so yeah, two great goals and a, a, a decent point for, for Spurs there. So that's my talking moment of the week. All right, let's get right into the action. We have to start in just one place that... That game, uh, Arsenal versus Liverpool, title challenge, title deciding clash perhaps, was being billed as uh, one of the most influential games in the season by everybody who doesn't take Man City seriously. Um, But Arsenal were outstanding. I think this was one of the best games that they've played in a in a long time. We have been criticizing on this podcast that Arsenal seemed to just be, uh, the wheels just seem to be in motion. They're not really striding with confidence into the title race. This was definitely them laying uh, their hat into the race and they absolutely dominated Liverpool. I don't think Liverpool was in the game at all in the first half. Um, it's something to worry about for Arsenal that despite that incredible domination, they still found themselves in a situation at 1-1 at halftime. And this was exactly the way it was in the FA Cup clash against Liverpool as well, where they dominated and Liverpool snatched a victory and ran away. That was threatening to happen again. Uh, but then, yeah, a colossal mistake from uh, Van Dijk, uh, which you hardly ever see. And then the red card and then there was only one result going to happen. But Arsenal, after a while getting the result that their performance deserved um, after a few games where they kind of lost and drew against Liverpool. So they will take full confidence into this. And like I mentioned, if Arsenal beat Liverpool, they're right back into the title race and they very well are. What did you guys think of the game? So rather very interesting that you didn't mention Alisson on that uh, on the blunder and he chose to scapegoat Van Dijk instead. No, that was that was that was absolutely that was absolutely Van Dyke's uh, fault. I mean, the the defender has to clear the ball there, and it, and if he's letting it go for the keeper, he has to give the keeper space. So he blocked the keeper, and he didn't clear the ball. There's no doubt about it in my mind. That was definitely a Van Dyke error through and through. Allison also had a mistake for the third goal. It went through his legs. I mean, those whatever. I'm I'm telling you. So Allison had a bad game, not a bad game, but he had a mistake. Van Dyke had a howler. Uh, McAllister, after a really long time, had a game where he just was unrecognizable. Um, yeah, I, we didn't look at, at our fluent uh, attacking best, which we usually do this season. So, yeah, in all, in so many ways, it was just a game to uh, brush under the carpet. It it hasn't been the kind of performance and result that we've seen too often uh, from, from Liverpool. It's only the second time that they're losing. And the first time was that infamous nine men uh, 98th minute loss to the Spurs. So yeah, that's um, not too, not too much to write home about from a panic point of view. But yeah, just one of those that we nothing much to talk about from an analysis point of view. Just terrible all around. Um, push it under the carpet and move on from a Liverpool point of view. You know, when the game started, the first 15-20 seconds uh, started off with a Liverpool attack. If I remember, there was a long ball and Jota almost ended up uh, getting onto the end of it. Uh, it it 
seemed like a very very aggressive you know first 20 25 seconds and i i thought that okay this is going to be a very uh, you know very typical liverpool start where they're going to press all over and it's going to be a big test for arsenal but arsenal immediately you know recovered from that uh, first attack liverpool attack and then it was all uh, arsenal and arsenal have become one of the best off the ball teams i think in the whole of europe i feel the way that uh, we have talked about it uh, the way that they are able to you know press in different formations sometimes they press really high sometimes they can fall slightly behind, uh, you know a slightly deeper but end up still having a lot of intensity winning the ball in very good spaces they did that so much in that first half and i think the off the ball you know basics that arsenal have developed under arteta is very very fundamental to how they are able to dominate teams so first half i think it was one of the best team performances i have seen from any team uh, this season to be able to okay it was the emirates granted but to be able to dominate liverpool like that uh, a team who have been playing so well who have found such good combinations in their team now it's not easy at all and you know the xg talks all about the dominance 3.76 xg against liverpool is for me at least it's unheard of so definitely as you said a long time coming there were a few games where arsenal were off the boil and then they have won the last two games but they were kind of you know not at their best but still able to be clinical enough and perform uh yesterday or the you know weekend game they were not clinical enough but they were extremely dominant and uh, i think that clinicality is something uh, probably that, that 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 they need to bring into their game whether it's jesus who was missing out or it's havertz who came and replaced him both of them you know equally uh, wasteful in front of goal havertz was lucky that uh, you know the uh, alison the save he couldn't really help it it was too short range and he ended up you know had to divert it into saka's path so uh, and that was the first goal and then i think arsenal should have been two or three goals ahead but they didn't and ultimately for all the dominance they relied on luck and as you said the same feeling was going through me as well start of the second half that it's going to be the same old you know it's become a pattern now liverpool arsenal games where uh, last two or three games where arsenal have dominated gone ahead and then liverpool somehow find a way back or arsenal do something really silly and looked like that would also happen when of all people saliba uh, himself made a mistake but yeah at the end of it arsenal are well and truly back in the title race i would say yeah i think arki you spoke about the about uh, how arsenal are really good uh, off the ball right so in this particular game what i what i noticed was that they were almost playing with two number 10s as opposed to like an out to out and out kind of a striker so uh harvards and uh, i think it was uh, odegaard who were like playing as two number 10s and they were really squeezing in any kind of space to run into for mcallister and rather said that it was probably mcallister's worst games but i i think that was more or less forced by arsenal as opposed to mcallister having an off game right so i think really well drilled side uh, that arsenal have become an, uh, under arteta and um i immediately went back to the uh, was it the carabao cup game or was it the fa cup it was a cup game anyways which i think liverpool probably did not deserve to win because arsenal played really well in that game also and uh, i remember during half time when we were like okay liverpool are going to come back and you know get the three points or at least they're going to have a much better half arsenal have been very wasteful and that is the same thing that happened in the cup game as well that did not happen credit to arsenal that they learned from their mistakes and they and they got the goal uh, of course all the individual errors the van dijk errors all of that 
that happened and that helped and that helped Martellini as well and he grew into the game later on as a result. Uh, but I think all of it comes down to how well drilled this side is. Um, to be honest, at the start, before the start of the game, I wasn't really expecting Arsenal to win. Just just because Liverpool had just blasted Chelsea off the park uh, the previous week, right? So, um, yeah, kudos to Arsenal. I think I think they are definitely back in the race. Yeah, it's it's exactly the same point, uh, Ashwin, that you are making. It's the mentality that stood out because going into this game, it could have been a death knell for the title hopes. It it's probably isn't a terminal game for Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool could afford to drop some points, especially being away from home. But Arsenal, if they had lost this game to Liverpool or maybe even drawn the game, they would be a long way, uh, you know, behind. Especially given the form that Liverpool or City are showing. Given all the context around this thing for Arsenal, it was very, very vital that they came up with a performance. And I mean, with all this pressure on them at home to come up to come up with such a performance, I think it shows the how you know how the mentality is building. Uh, and also, of course, they got some luck on the way. Uh, we have seen good performances from them in big matches, but uh, you know they are not able to end up converting it, especially against Liverpool. But this was very different, and you could see the body language in uh, you know different players. Rice, uh, Declan Rice had a great game. Jorginho, I think, came in and they were able to form that double pivot and dominate. Martinelli, after a long time, was really sizzling. So a lot of people having very good games, and it's important that you know people turn up for these kind of games. So that and and, and that's what yeah, I was. Yeah, I was just I was just going to say, RK, that Martinelli had an absolute blinder of a start to the game. Like he was. Uh, I think it was in the third or fourth minute where he just blitzed past Konate. And Konate is one of the fastest centre-backs in the world and he just couldn't keep up with him. That's the power and uh, absolute danger of somebody like Martinelli. And he hasn't showed that enough this season. Um, So, yeah, uh, not only were they a well-drilled and a well-oiled machine in the game, uh, I think they're individuals who we've been calling out as perhaps not shining. Uh, Saka looking jaded and Martinelli looking nowhere this season. I think they were looking great as well. So, um, yeah, I think things are looking good for, for Arsenal. I am still reserving some doubt in my mind because while, yes, they did come up with a win, I think that uh, tide had turned in the second half. I think the goal, the second goal actually came slightly against the run of play. The mistake that, that was made and uh, the Arsenal ended up scoring. Uh, Liverpool actually started the second half quite well and things could have gone badly for Arsenal in this match. I think that clinical thing that RK mentioned is going to become critical when you're going into a title race with Man City. And I am not convinced yet that Arsenal have that clinical edge to go neck and neck with uh, uh, with Man City. But anyway, they are definitely in the race. Can they win it? That's a question we will answer in the future episodes. Anything else on this game, boys? Or should we go to the real to be champions next? So, what's been uh, the talk behind the scenes or what you have been reading from, you know, different people who cover Liverpool? It's just a, a you know, one-off game against a big rival, move on? Or, uh, like, or does it have any tinge of, you know, the Klopp leaving part like, like, how is the general move? Oh, yeah, yeah. Abso- absolutely just one-off. Like, this has been... It, it's come on the back of some incredible performances. Like like I was saying, uh, the, the Chelsea game, we just absolutely destroyed a pretty dangerous team. Then, if you go a few weeks back, Newcastle was one of the best team performances that I've seen from any team. We only won 4-2, but it could have been like 8-9 goals in that game. So, yeah, I think the team 
has been uh, has been buzzing um, so no doubt about that we were dealt a little bit of a blow with uh, a red hot corner bradley having to miss out for uh, un- really really unfortunate personal reasons um, and trent was you could see that trent was not ready i think trent had like 15 20 passes in the game this is a guy who usually does 80 90 passes in a game so you could you could tell that it there were problems uh, in the team and it was definitely a one off and nothing much to uh, uh, to really think about as systemic it it is one of the toughest games of the season to go away to arsenal just as tough as perhaps going away to the etihad so yeah just write this off and uh focus on the home games that are to come and and the the games against the bottom half and i think that's the way forward for liverpool all right uh let's move to the team that doesn't seem to be slowing down nobody seems to be putting a a, a stopper in their momentum uh were things getting a little interesting as neil mope who suddenly bec- learned how to score a goal scored again um against uh, against a, a, a man city team who was looking dominant but then like like a true champion team they just came back and clinically knocked brentford away from just brushed them off their shoulder like the small fly that they they actually were to man city on the day phil foden coming up with a huge hat trick Haaland just getting his legs back and that's what they do champion teams just find heroes out of everywhere phil foden dramatic uh, like rise to stardom in this game what did you guys think yeah i think it's been the fourth uh, away game consecutively uh, in the premier league where city have lost the first goal and then ended up winning quite handsomely so you know that shows the kind of form that they are in uh they again seem to be you know entering that kind of run which they usually enter around this time of the year jan feb uh, is where they you know start putting this whole string of victories together probably they have dropped only two points if i remember correctly in the last seven or eight or nine games so they are uh, you know around the 15 game mark they were around two points per game but now they have almost uh, you know or actually they have crossed the you know leaders if you look at uh the game in hand that they have so definitely this is up at a point with haland coming back kdb coming back uh, you know choosing having so many players to choose from again uh, i uh, doku also has come back to fitness so you know with the full complement of players it's going to be a real challenge our city going to drop momentum again which we have not seen in history or you know will liverpool or arsenal find a way to keep up with them from now onwards till the end of the season it's just i think uh you know it might approach a point in the next 7 8 games where it becomes a write off again the title race you never know yeah i think i think the one major tactical change uh that happened and it always happens when haland and foden play uh, uh, with each other is that foden's position changes so he was obviously playing in the kdb position until um you know uh, the last few games and then he was pushed to the left which is something that he does not necessarily like but he still came uh, came into the game and he still got those goals and one of the goals that he actually scored was a very talented kind of a goal very you know actually uh, headed it into the bottom corner which uh, which i i would have never thought that you know uh, foden would score a goal like that and the other two goals are like classic goal, uh, foden goals like very well taken and like very uh, you know um, dispatched with minimum effort i think it was it was uh, it was just proper proper um 
you know clinical performance from foden and clinical performance from city all right so yeah i mean um i think man city one thing to watch out for them as well things aren't coming as fluently and as clinically as last season and the seasons before that perhaps that's one thing to keep a keep an eye on they are conceding goals this one was like a route one right down the middle their center backs no one one striker holding off a center back and their guys through on goal so yeah little bit of uh, stuff for them to worry about as well they have not looked as solid as man city usually does uh but anyway i don't think anybody is shying away from the fact that they are by far the favorites for the title this year and it's going to be a procession it could sorry it's it could be a procession they have a couple of tricky games coming up everton this weekend at the early kick off uh then in a few weeks they play against the united who are on a positive trend then they play chelsea and things like that so yeah there are some tricky games so uh but yeah i don't think anybody is going to doubt doubt city let's go to the other side of manchester though um there were a lot of doubts on that side of manchester um a resounding 3-0 win against uh, a team that i think anybody would consider a dangerous kind of team west ham uh hoyland seems to be in red hot form scoring the first goal in a lot of games recently uh, doing what the team needs him to do which is get that first breakthrough and very very clinical finishes now for all the last few goals that he scored um and garnacho of course uh, continuing to be one of the threats of um, of the of the man man united season so what do you guys think ten hag is his pressure being lifted slowly are things slowly coming back on track is united where they want to be what do you guys think yeah so ten hag uh, you know all through the end of december used to say that when all the results were going really terribly uh, his excuse or his uh, basically uh, he was abiding asking for time from the media uh, you know saying that his players are going to come back and once he has a full squad to choose from he would uh, basically start delivering some results that's that's what he kept saying all along and uh, you know and and uh, and january had very few games uh, so there was enough recovery time for some of the players to come back and uh, you know it became apparent against wolves uh, when uh, you know uh, like lisandro finally started a game after uh, after being on the bench a couple of games he came into the playing 11 casemiro came into the playing 11 and you know we were able to see the kobe mainu and casemiro partnership which is what a lot of united fans were waiting for with bruno uh, uh, you know ahead of them so like those changes i think definitely brought a new dynamic to united in these two games although united showed a lot of old frailties against wolves despite dominating the game twice uh, leading by two goals still managed to you know give two very cheap concessions uh, against wolves to make it 3 all but even then there were a lot of good things in united's game from that match uh, united deserved to win that game much more uh, you know uh, handsomely than they ended up winning it by and uh, against against uh, uh, against west ham at home as well some of those good signs were still there although there is a big problem with defending set pieces so a lot of the xg that west ham created was from uh, you know was from set pieces there were a couple of bad mistakes that harry maguire made there were a couple of bad mistakes that were made in at the back even in the game against wolves so some of these old things uh, you know still continue it's not that we have really turned a page so it might all come crashing down it's it's not really a very you know very very 
uh what do you say in terms of very confident uh you know state that united are suddenly in it's it's a gradual build up of confidence but it's also very evident to see what some players uh, you know bring to the team and how how effectively they are able to change the dynamic one of those players unfortunately is lisandro martinez he's one player who with his passing with his aggression definitely takes our game up a couple of notches the way that he's able to pass out from the back suddenly it feels like okay there you know there are routines at the back there is a passing rhythm uh, and you know it's not tough for united to build from the back pass out of uh, you know forward passing so lisandro martinez getting injured is going to be a very uh, you know tough blow for united from that point of view so it's interesting to see how we are able to carry this momentum forward without him yeah i think i think leecher is going to be a massive massive uh miss uh, for sure because he just oozes class i mean i think he lifts other players around him as well uh, i i would say um, and there's a bit of debate around this i think diego dalor actually had a decent game he did make a few mistakes uh, there were a few stray passes here and there but i think the fact that he had leecher alongside and like a much more stable defense alongside uh, made him uh, i would say a poor man trent alexander arnold in some sense because he was coming into the midfield quite a bit i don't know rk if you realize this right like he was very he, he was coming forward quite a bit and he, he also made some really good tackles uh, to be honest like that mistake that maguire made it is such a harry maguire moment like he he passed it back didn't even think of running back and then diego dalo was probably like some 20 yards behind him you know passes him and then he gets that last minute tackle in otherwise bowen would have scored uh, like i think good win for united but also let's be honest rest time had 22 shots right uh, versus man united 12 so it's not a resounding win i think i think we got the win uh, and i think west ham also had an off day the fact that bowen is playing forward it's not his most natural position as well i think that that is something that definitely helped um but yeah i'll take the points i'll take hoyland's goals i think 2024 has been very kind to him he did some new celebration apparently he got gifted a guitar over christmas so that's what he was trying to do he's learning to play the guitar and um, and then um, garnacho i think red hot form I, i think two players that ten hag has really had an impact on are garnacho and menu and you can see those guys really you know build up their confidence now i think nicha like i said is going to be a massive miss let's see how that pans out um uh next game is against villa so it might come tumbling down again so yeah let's see yeah villa away is definitely going to be tough but uh, and also ashwin when you consider the fact that a lot of those 22 shots are set pieces and set piece defending has been our achilles heel even when we were not playing well and it continues in the last couple of games that is definitely something that we have to uh, work on i agree with you on dalo he's he's been coming into midfield uh, all through the season and he's pretty comfortable on the ball in midfield and uh, you know even sometimes in attack as well and i think he's been uh, trolled a lot by united social media fans especially and uh, when he's actually been one of the better players this season so hope that he carries on and we also get to see van bisaka i think he's not it fully fit but I, I i you know this section on united can't end without talking of kobe mainu he's been uh, so special he's been such a special find he's had 
really really good performances all through the season and now with casemiro coming in there seems to be a good complement in the way uh, that casemiro is able to do some of the you know dirty work whereas mainu is the one who's calm on the ball and makes up for some of the shoddiness that casemiro continues to show on the ball and his hurry to basically be too direct so that is some uh, you know covered up by mainu being the kind of metronome and you know have having a really really calm head for his age and that goal that he scored against wolves i uh, you know it's it's another moment altogether where you know we should be uh, like we deserve to win the game like find ourselves 3-3 with barely 2 minutes to go and this guy shows i don't know what he has the nerves of steel to just like beat a couple of guys and calmly you know uh, curl it into the corner and even his celebration kind of gives a feeling of calm so looking at i i hope that he continues to progress in this way so really really special few players that we have got there all right some positivity and some note of caution uh, from the united boys um moving on to a team which has plenty of notes of caution uh chelsea had a pretty bad day at the office um yet again to be fair there were two huge deflections that uh, that ended up getting um uh, to the back of the net for wolves but wolves did create a lot of chances pedro neto is back and he's back assisting um chelsea seem incredibly to be so reliant on Car- on cole palmer uh which is not something that i imagined myself saying this season of all the signings that chelsea made uh i didn't expect cole palmer to be the one that would really be standing out so much uh but yeah uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff being written in that i think people had their articles ready to go after the result uh, athletic has been churning out article after article about how things are not going well the fans are booing the fans are not on uh, pochettino's side pochettino's having problem with problems with boli uh tiago silva's wife tweeted something which indicated that pochettino might should get the sack all sorts of drama and it's all began at chelsea things are not looking good for poch what do you guys think i mean listen uh, it was always going to be between pochettino and ten hag right um and it happens to be pochettino right now because chelsea have had a bad run of games um it is very interesting because um it pochettino is very is visibly frustrated like if you listen to his conferences he's like he's talking random stuff and i know his english is not his first language but he's been in england long enough he's managed spurs and he's been talking really weird things like the stuff that he said about and and kuku and then i think there was some other thing also lately that came up about how uh, this uh, chelsea player should act as professionals and all of that now i don't know if that's a sign of him breaking but he is not a happy man at this point in time um having said that there's this other side of chelsea which seems to be flying in domestic cup competitions right so they they have like a final coming up against liverpool um which which i expect them to lose but like they do have a final and then they uh, they won against villa and clinically so as well so um it's just a, it's just a weird place chelsea right now and of course they have had a lot of injuries um and they just not found that rhythm at least in the league sterling hasn't helped at all um i mean i i really don't understand like what he tries what he's trying to do um uh, but having said that there are some positives like i think enzo and casado have been uh building some 
kind of partnership, if if anything. Um, and I think uh, Cole Palmer obviously has been a really good addition to the side, and he seems to be scoring, which is really good for my FPL team, honestly. But uh, uh, I think there is there's definitely some positives that we are seeing, but it's obviously not resulting into into uh, into wins at this point. I think the 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 most funny part about that Wolves Chelsea game was. Uh... At the end of the game, where the Wolves fans were singing, uh, you know, you are so shite, and Chelsea fans uh, sang back, yes, we are so shite. So I, I think, yeah, I think if the Wolves fans had sung about Pochettino getting sacked in the morning, probably Chelsea fans would have, uh, you know, chorused to them as well. So it's it's that kind of a mood among Chelsea fans. We can see it on our group. The uh, you know two Chelsea fans not there today, but uh, all the frustration is you know so evident, especially with up, but. Uh, the Villa win uh, that two away from home, being able to win three one against one of the not informed teams, but uh, you know definitely one of the stronger teams in the division. That's again, uh, as you said, it's again intriguing how they managed to come up with that performance after probably the lowest moment of Pochettino's tenure. Uh, you know, being able to come back and win three one. We saw Enzo celebrating uh, when he scored a goal in that game. You know, making the uh, same sign that he made at Benfica that I am I am staying here. I am not going anywhere. Probably there's been some rumors again uh, linking him away uh, from uh, with a move, and all the rival fans made sure to post the Benfica clip. Uh, you know, maybe he left a few weeks after doing that uh, same celebration with Benfica as well. So that so that was funny too. But it's been such a roller coaster for Chelsea. They honestly probably don't know what's you know what kind of Chelsea will turn up uh, next. It's almost like they're writing their own, you know, Jekyll and Hyde kind of a story. Yeah, things are um, uh, flippity floppity for Chelsea right now. But um, a few other teams have been having some interesting seasons as well. Uh, we've been talking so much about Spurs this season. They had a pretty tricky game against Everton. I think we can all agree that if they, if you remember the tone of conversation about Spurs in the start of the season. Um, and the kind of success that they could have this season, they should be winning uh, such games like they like against Everton, but they aren't able to pull over the line. Of course, they've been um, riddled with so many injury problems, as have Newcastle, who are also finding it hard to really uh, move. And maybe Eddie Howe is also not as safe as uh, a lot of people uh, may consider. So both both Spurs and Newcastle, extremely talented, extremely promising teams, but but again, uh, seesawing a bit in what they want to achieve this season. Uh, so that that poses an interesting question, lad. So who do you think is actually going to take the top four? Uh, I think we can all agree that the top three is more or less uh, is more or less decided. So uh, who do you think is going to be the fourth spot uh, uh, this year? Like there are a lot of names who are flattering to deceive, and therefore that leaves a lot of open room as well. I, I I feel it's gonna be Spurs. I think I think um, this is probably that time that Villa start losing the plot. It has happened time after time after time. So I I, I think Spurs have got enough mojo in them, and now they've got Sun back as well. They've got Madison back as well. So their best players are back, uh, firing for them. Um, it's funny that Spurs have started conceding so much. I, I thought like like at the start of the season at least like they had some really good uh you know, they had a really good defense and like obviously Vicario has been a revelation as well. I think it's about it's time that, that thing needs to be sorted out a bit. But 
I I feel that Spurs have enough firepower. Yeah, I I also agree through. with Ashwin. Probably that Spurs might end up nicking fourth place because Villa have hit a bit of a rough patch. Uh, although they had a really really good performance uh, last weekend against Sheffield, so I mean we don't know how how seriously we can take that result. Uh, one thing that might help Villa, of course, is that now they are out of another competition, so. they probably only have the league uh, to focus on uh, from now on till the end of the season so that will take them back to their you know once playing once a week routine which you know uh, uh, like really got them onto that red hot form so that's very dangerous uh, when villa play once a week with the kind of intensity that they have shown that will be something to look out for but with players coming back and uh, you know all the players who have come back for spurs have looked decently sharp whether it's madison he's been playing well son is definitely going to come back in form uh and you know uh, mickey vanderven has been uh, has been pretty decent after uh, after return as well so it's not that the returning players are too rusty i i do expect uh, you know spurs to probably try and nick that fourth place but uh, ashwin i don't agree with you on the defensive part they they have considered even more goals than united uh, this this season in totality and they have always looked vulnerable whether it's on the counter or Uh, you know, sometimes on set pieces as well, the goalkeeper started to look a bit vulnerable. So there are a lot of weaker points in their defense as well. But of course, when you have players like Van der Ven, who I think is really a world-class player, that really does make a difference in your backline. So probably they'll start to improve if they keep their uh, you know players fit. Arke, what do you mean they have considered more goals than United? Onana is going to win the Golden Glove. Don't you know about that? He is in the reckoning. Yeah, yeah, he. Yeah, fine. Onana is right up there. Maguire is also uh, in. In he well before the mistake, he's been in form as well. So yeah, I mean, uh, comparing them to a pretty sharp defense, RK. But elite, uh, <laughs> elite, elite indeed. Uh, but yeah, just quick shout out to Luton, who seemed to be going from strength to strength. I had written Luton off as the worst of the three, uh, but I think. in my eyes they are probably the best of the three newly promoted sides right now they are at least putting in a fight uh, in every single game that they are playing 4-4 against uh, newcastle and they were leading by two goals at one stage in that game as well um, so yeah shout out to luton uh, another shout out to aston villa and oli watkins who lit the entire fantasy premier league on fire ashwin did you captain oli watkins this week no i want to hide my face uh i transferred oli watkins out like 10 minutes before the deadline and because i was like let me try to be a bit cheeky and i'll exercise my haland back uh, buyback option and i got haland in who thankfully got an assist but oh my god oh i was just crying my heart out when i saw that he was scoring goal after goal and assist after assist so that's 18 points lost um yeah but at least i got 73 points and i'm fourth in the league now which is okay uh but yeah that was a yeah big mistake big mistake i think this year this week is all about liverpool right if you can get the likes of jota uh maybe even nunes like i think uh like uh, because just because of the fixtures that they have they have a double game week coming up as well uh liverpool so the, i would be definitely targeting their liverpool assets and then if you have not tripled up on man city with all their um you know fixtures coming up now would be the time to do so haland is back probably captaincy material for this week foden got a hat trick last week 
thankfully i had foden um and de bruyne is back as well so again uh, that would be uh, you know uh, someone to look at and then a shout out to luton i think uh, uh, sorry rather you mentioned them um they have some good forward assets as well which if you want like a cheap forward line i think um, uh, you can definitely look at some luton assets um what do you think anyone uh, you're targeting i think if if you are short of strikers then you could do worse than uh, those two brazilians who are kind of lighting up some of the mid table teams wolves uh, and uh, you know we are talking of joao pedro and uh, and also matheus kuna so maybe both of them i think yeah, in pretty raw, uh, in a pretty good streak so yeah the, just, that's a bit i don't think i'm qualified enough to give anybody any more advice about fantasy so i'm quickly going to move on uh let's talk about the big games of the week coming up uh so i can call out a few there's obviously villa versus united uh i'm i, I think you guys should study the masterclass of what chelsea are able to do uh to to defeat villa and 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 replicate that perhaps uh, pochettino some pochettino uh, uh, uh tracking might be in order there's also everton versus man city i mean man city versus everton rather that should be a reasonably straightforward one but everton can uh, throw a banana peel at anybody these days any other import oh yeah so west ham the team who i thought would be tricky against united are playing arsenal so it's interesting to see how that one goes all three of these games should be straightforward to the favorites but uh, villa being villa united being the most uh, up there one so what do you guys think about this week i think in this game rather villa definitely the favorites playing at home much higher uh, you know uh, uh, like points tally than united i i think i am not even joking when i say that uh, you know you should rightly expect villa to dominate that game but uh, i i would be hoping for united to at least carry the performance of the last two games into this one if if nothing else uh, and what chelsea have shown is that you need to start very strongly against villa if you have any hope of uh, you know beating them it's very important to uh, you know deny them the fast start press them high uh, have intensity create early chances and it's very important also against aston villa to make use of the game state because what we have seen with emery is that once he takes the lead it's very tough to uh, kind of get over villa especially if they are playing at home so it's very important to take the lead as well so i hope that okay uh, you know with hoylun in ready hot streak maybe rashford uh, also being clinical if we are able to uh, you know nick an early goal that might help us and so it's definitely very very important for united to start uh, fast in that game i would say i think one more interesting game uh, radha is going to be tottenham and brighton it's it's going to be a highly entertaining game don't keep any you know any of the of their defenders in in your fpl i would say it's it's going to be pretty uh, like ballistic Yeah I don't know how I missed that one that sounds exciting actually that looks like it could be the game of the weekend if you ask me two two teams perfect for neutrals to watch I think uh, Brighton also just put in a great performance uh, this weekend so yeah let's hope uh, so for some real fireworks there um all right I think I think we've covered what do you think is going to happen West Ham versus Arsenal is it going to be an easy Arsenal win or any surprises there Yeah, it will be a real shock after that performance against Liverpool if Arsenal, you know, revert to very old ways. Uh, it would be, you know, really, really disappointing for Arsenal fans. I would say so. I, I don't expect that to happen. I expect them to build on 
what they have shown against liverpool show the same mentality body language and i i expect arsenal to get the you know three points pretty comfortably uh i think uh, that's going to be the case everton uh, raza you were mentioning about newton town uh, being a surprise and now they have come out of the relegation zone as well and everton they have never stopped performing badly but they are really struggling to get the points on the board and uh, this is going to be another game where you know the uh, like we can't expect everton to get any points it's it's becoming a bit tense uh, you know when i look at everton's position in the table i i was expecting them to survive pretty comfortably despite the points dog but now they are back in that you know 18th 17th position again yep that's right they are officially in the relegation zone at the moment so that is one to watch out for um you tried to throw in some nice uh, jinxes for villa as well so i'm i'm not going to let them pass uh, prior to the final win they were actually just one win in five after beating man city and arsenal mm-hmm. so they were going through a pretty rocky patch as well um but yes uh, i guess they're at home and it is obviously a tricky fixture and they are above united in the table so i will take some of what you're saying rk but i think we have covered pretty much everything that we wanted to today um any any surprises in this weekend we will be ready with them next week when we're when we're back and hopefully with swag as well um and until then i hope you have a great weekend and here's hoping we see some fireworks in all our games especially the brighton versus spurs one all right see you next week goodbye